podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 223, and I'm Trev Danny, podcasting to you from the study in my home in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined, as ever I am, by Carl Kopak and the very remote Cam Branch tonight, while in the background, always observing, always offering up his hot takes in the chat box. Never commits to the voice, is Guy Drinkle. Now, Nobody's ever accused us here on the Anfield Index podcast of elitism or snobbery. We accuse each other of these things, but that's for your amusement. However, I am aware that this relentless obsession I have with uh, literature, even the terrible stuff, may seem a bit indulgent at times. So in an attempt to level the playing field a bit and inspired by some of the more risque lines that we were quoting last week, specifically myself at the start of those awful novels, Here's some of the finest unintentional double entendres ever aired on TV and radio, as collated on Twitter by my virtual Twitter pal, at Hippoclopamus. I want to give him full credit for this. So we have a few here. I was running them past the lads all uh, earlier on. Hopefully uh, they're not stitching me up and this is acceptable. If it's not, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry in advance. So we're going to start with a classic one from a gent of of the uh, of the airwaves, Harry Carpenter. And on the Oxford Oxford Cambridge boat race in 1977, he commented, "Ah, isn't that nice? The wife of the Cambridge president is kissing the cocks of the Oxford crew." Take it, babe. <laughs> it's lovely. It's lovely. Uh, in a similar vein, uh, a famous US PGA commentator once said. One of the reasons Arnie, that's Arnold Palmer, is playing so well is that before each tee shot, his wife takes out his balls and kisses them, <laughs> which, is, which is a nice, uh, nice little touch, I think you'll agree. Uh, for a little bit of parity here, I think it's important. Uh, we have a female news anchor um, from the States, of course, who uh, the day after it was meant to have snowed and didn't turned to the weatherman and said, so, Bob, where's that eight inches you promised me last night? <laughs> Golf-related, golf-related, Steve Ryder, famous BBC commentator covering the US Masters, said, "Uh, Ballesteros felt much better today after a 69 yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll finish with one, maybe two more. This one is Mike Hallett discussing a missed snooker shots on Sky Sports. And he said of these two famous players, Stephen Hendry jumps on Steve Davis's missus every chance he gets. <laughs> I will leave you with Michael Burke, who, watching Philippa Forrester cuddle up to a male astronomer for warmth during BBC One's UK Eclipse coverage, he remarked, they seem cold out there. They're rubbing each other, and he's only come in his shorts. Oh, it's terrible stuff. And uh, my, my favorite one, my favorite is the Greyhound Cotter. 
uh, the Greyhound commentator through said uh, into the to the uh, home straight one day when I thought, but he opened his legs and showed his class. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a football one. I've heard of that before. It's great. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a Greyhound race. And one. Uh, tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Well, Carl, uh, can you can you uh, for the second week in a row bring the tone up a bit, please? No, um, but what I have been watching last night, I've been um, just been saying this off. Uh, I decided to watch the Bross documentary and actually didn't go to bed until God's two o'clock because um, for those guys were a mid to late 80s, early 90s sort of, well, they were twin, pretty twins. Uh, and there's a documentary about them getting together and they arguing through it. And it's basically Spinal Tap. So I've got like six or seven quotes. They're all like one line. They're just fantastic. They're mostly from Matt. And Matt it's Matt Goss and Luke Goss. And Matt is the singer. Lucas, the drummer. Um, but this, these are mostly from Macos. And they're talking about, they're doing a big gig at the O2 in London. Uh, this quote refers to this. Okay, and fuck me, that's true. But we don't have the time Rome had. Macos. The best toy we had growing up was a dart. No dartboard, just a dart. Jesus Christ! One of my one, one of my songs is called "We're All Kings," which is about a man sweeping the road. He's one of my kings because I'm thankful that I don't have to sweep the road. This one, <laughs> this this one's one of my favourites. The letters H O M E are so important because they personified the word home. I saw that video today. What is fantastic? What are, he's so earnest, Carl, when he's doing yeah. it, he actually means that. He's trying yeah. to be profound, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. I love this one as well. This is about being from London. I'm a Londoner. Embankment. Big Ben. Cab drivers. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this one is just fantastic. They're talking about old band names, old bands they were in. And they all have names like, you know, um, you know, all sorts of like slightly new romantic type names. But this one's my favourite. Epitome, which I believe is Latin for abstract. <laughs> he fucking probably does do, doesn't he? Yeah, he says it with all seriousness. He's absolutely convinced that the word epitome means abstract. Oh, jeez. I've it, got to see that. I've got to see that. That sounds amazing. Jesus Christ, what what a collection that is. <laughs> it, it's one of those things. At some point, you, you generally think it's a piss take, and they're very clever. Then it actually gets really sad for a while, because you're just thinking, these like their minds have gone, totally. Yeah. Um, and yet they do the gig, and they're absolutely fucking adored, and you've just no idea how. But didn't they go into acting or something? Uh, for one of them one? is the singer, right. Matt. He, he, he got into a bit of, uh, oh, my God, I don't know, actually, which one's which. Um, but yeah, yeah, one's, one's been in a few films and that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds like a must-watch. Is it, what's it called? Is it just called Bross? Bross, when the screaming stops. When the screaming stops. We just asked to see a quote from Terry Wogan, because he said that to one of their shows, what, what do you do when the screaming stops? Wogan. And that, that ended mm. up being about four weeks ago after the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, it's, it's genuinely sad, but it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious at the same time. Excellent. That's the a, thing that's about a, it is that it's more frightening. It's their show. It's not a documentary done by a third party. They created the documentary. Mm. Which would explain a lot, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, no, no one's got to say, do you know what? You, look, you two look fucking weird doing this. Yeah, clearly no. But, yeah, but, 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 but see it. Honestly, go and see it. It's fantastic. Nobody's cast an eye over that at all, clearly. Uh, okay, right. That's, that's, that's a wreck. Uh, Cam uh, from Far Away. 
How are you getting on, mm-hmm. my friend? I don't know if you I don't know if you want to give away too many of the of the state secrets as to what you're up to, but uh the <laughs> the uh, the signal is tremendous, God bless you anyway, so we can hear you loud and clear. What's your opening ideas? Um well as soon as I'm back in the motherland, I thought I would uh, do a little motherland quote. And um to all the Desis out there, uh the person who said this, you you'll know who he is um when I say. If you don't know the quote, that is. So here it goes. Love for the motherland will not leave my heart after death. Its fragrance will still be there in my dusty remains. Oh. And, yeah, nice and simple. Um, I- and that was a, a bugger thing. So um, you may have uh, you may have seen his picture around. He, he wears like a he's, – he's, he's got a hat on and he's got a nice – Dainty little moustache. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. So oh, the Indian lad. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down. That's it. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You got it, Carl. Cam, got it. I, I meant to ask you because sure. you know I'm a, a devoted Desi listener. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are quite often. Uh, it's it tends to be between yourself and Nina who's getting the hardest time, but it's mostly you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and what I have noticed is that where where we have Harinder leaning into the old uh, lingo quite a lot. Gags, yeah. uh, gags sort of responds bits and pieces. Uh, neither yourself nor Nina are too too uh, chirpy when it comes to that stuff. I wonder <laughs> what exactly is the story there. Is it something that you, you're not particularly familiar with, or is it pronunciation thing? What's going on? Because it's 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 almost I've I've, I've heard uh, Harinder give you a little bit of uh, ribbon about it at times. Is it is is just is, a little. Yeah, <laughs> what is what is the story there? Is it just that you didn't basically grow up immersed in it yourself, or what? What was it? Yeah, basically, um, I grew up in a uh, without trying to sound racial in any way, a very white area. Um, so when we were about three years old, my dad did really well, and we moved basically to we we're practically the only Indians in the in the whole of the area. Went to an all white school, um, and then. My mum was trying to learn English, so I was only speaking English with my mum to try and help my mum learn English. So, ah, when yeah. I was, so when I was a kid, I basically spoke very, very little Punjabi. And the, the Punjabi I do know, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, everyone just says, don't speak it. You better off just speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so when I was uh, – having my little uh, fun and games earlier on with the uh, local drunk, like I said to you guys, and he was hurling obscenities at me. I, I certainly got all those all right. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, I know all the swear words. So that well, really prompt, oh, oh, I, I don't I don't know if you, were, if you were there for the master class I received in those from both Gags and Harinder at one stage as well. I've been practicing my pronunciation of some of them. <laughs> I, obviously, I'm not going to do them live over the air. But, yeah, I'm glad to hear you, you, you're at least flexing those muscles when it comes to it. That's good. Oh, That's good. oh, oh yeah. I mean, um, every day is a, an adventure in the car here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah we, 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 we hurl. It's just... You know, I, I have to drive about 40 minutes to get to where I've got to go to, uh, 30 minutes safe. And um, it's just, it's 29 and a half minutes of swearing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like, I like those, that ratio. 
very nice. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I am hoping that you do come good on that video that you promised us, so we can post it and give, <laughs> give links to it for the for the listeners. Because I'm sure, I'm sure it would be massively appreciated to see the carnage uh, that you're having to endure over there, man. Uh, well, you're, you're, well, I, sorry, I was going to say, I should say, um, I, I've got a similar thing. Um, my own motherland has been involved recently because. Um, I, I have a friend who lives in South Carolina who very gleefully told me that she called someone who she works with an absolute gobshite the other day in, ah. a, in, a, in, in a South Carolina accident. How does that? that. How, that's tremendous. <laughs> just, just imagine any Southern Belle sort of sort of voice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, refer to uh, call somebody a gobshite. That is true. That, so that is tremendous. My own, my, own, my own national language makes it across the pond. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you should Excellent. be. You should be. It's it's like it's like all these um sort of poor sort of confused um Americans and African dudes and 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 South African dudes and all sorts of guys asking me, Trev, what is crack? What is this crack you yeah, exactly, keep talking yeah. about? You know, it's interesting. Yeah, look, we're 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 disseminating the, the words. It's good. It's good to see. Let's let's get into the football ads a bit because I know people want to get your take on a little bit of the whole aftermath of the city thing obviously it's way too late in the day with another game having been played to do any sort of match analysis not really interested anyway but i was wondering what your overall takeaway what from it was carl i know you um uh, wanted to have a little bit of a chat about city not necessarily that aspect of it the game itself or whatever but um i asked uh, mr mulby last night on mulby in the spot what was what was his takeaway because he had been incredibly bullish about how he saw us going on uh, to to definitely um, do damage and win a title this uh, in this calendar year, and he was kind of unequivocal about it. Um, and I was wondering if that really kind of hit him in the in the forehead and, and told him to stop and, and put a bit of manners on himself. But it hasn't at all. It hasn't really derailed his optimism. Um, he's still very much, you know, look, it was a game of the finest of margins. Uh, it literally could have gone either way. I've heard different reports. Um, some people saying, look, they were arguably the better team in the night, and that's the way it went. It's the only game of the season I haven't seen. And because it was a defeat, and because I am unbeaten downy in the Premier League, I'm not even going to look at it, lads, just for pure superstition reasons what was your take carl what was it was it is it something that would derail any optimism you have looking forward to the rest of the campaign in the league i love, I love it when jan molby agrees with me i love that <laughs> it's, such, it's such a nice thing it sort of makes everything valid um yeah he's absolutely right it was the thinnest of margins it was literally the post um uh i i would agree i'd say city was slightly the better side i've read things from people afterwards saying if you watch it again, then Liverpool, you know, we're, we're, we were slightly better. I didn't see that at all, to be honest. I don't think some of the tactics worked. The midfield was wrong, and um, I, I'm, I'm sick to death of that centre-back knocking across back to the goalkeeper, back to the full-back, back to the centre-back, back to the goalkeeper, when we're a goal down. I'm sick of all that, to be honest. So that got on my nerves. Um, we were a bit unlucky. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I don't like blaming referees and everything, but I've I, I no idea why a Mancunian referee is, Man- is refereeing a Manchester game. Um, I know women's show is slightly different, but come on. Um, but yeah, we were unlucky. My money shot goes in, it's a different game. Um, they had one against the post, theirs went in, and that's it. But it doesn't really, in a long term view, it doesn't really matter to me because this was a free hit anyway. So the worst thing that could possibly happen was that we go four points clear. And if you'd said to us a month ago, do you want to be four points clear after the City game? My God, yeah. Because we thought to go four points clear, we'd have to beat Man City. Turns out we didn't. 
Um, the Wolves game doesn't mean a thing to me anyway because that's not Liverpool. That's not that's not the side that's going to play Brighton. It's not our team. It's just not our no, team. That's a that's a, a, a you know a, a ragtag bunch of individuals not playing together. Um, so I'm, I'm all this. Oh yeah, you know that's two defeats in a row. No, it's not. It's like it's like me donning a Liverpool shirt in the street and kicking against the garage wall and saying Liverpool lost. Because normally garage walls beat me, but um, <laughs> it's, it's exactly the same sort of set. We were just unlucky against Man City, and there's been a lot of shit talked about it, and um, you know people being blamed and stuff like that. They, lads, they were just the better team, but only just. That's how thin it got. And if anyone's got a problem with that, they should have beat us at Anfield, and they didn't. We got the luck that day; they got the luck this time. There you go. We're going to win the league. I, I I genuinely that 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 second to last sentence because I, I honestly I, I'm I'm still too superstitious to to uh, repeat your last one but that second to last sentence is basically where I stand on it as well from what I could see the little bits I saw that were replayed endlessly on Twitter was did a cross line did not cross line oh Jesus we've hit the post oh my God why didn't he do this why didn't he do that the 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 shot by Sané just getting in um obviously it's a great hit and all that but it does hell of a goal it's a hell of a goal can I just say that what a goal that is. Yeah, because I, I said this. I remember this ages ago when, about two, two, three years ago, we played Tottenham at home, and we it was a one-one draw, and Harry Kane scored for them, and there was people slagging off. I can't remember who the defender was. Um, Harry Kane's got the ball, sort of Annie Road end, um, and he's he, but he's, he's quite deep. I remember that point thinking, I don't like him being there with the ball, but he's got to do at least three brilliant things to score here, and he did all three. And sometimes you've got to say. You can you can look at stats as much as you like. That's just fucking brilliant what you've just done there. That mm. is amazing what you've mm. done. And Leroy Sané did the same thing, and he did the same thing in Anfield in the home game. He did it near post. Yeah, um, against but, Haircut last year when Haircut was in goal. But yeah. um, it's just it's just a brilliant goal. It's absolutely brilliant. Just just sidebar. Have you seen Haircut? Have you seen his performances since he's left us? We were talking about this on 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 um, the Discord thing the other day about the worst players who've ever played for Liverpool. I think he's up there. I really do. And I watched a lot of El Hadjouf, but I I just don't know what's happened to that I, man. I honestly feel sorry for the kids. Like the wheels have come right off. Uh, anything I, I know I know it's selected highlights, but Christ, I've seen about at least five separate clangers. Yeah, and I, I just. It's just like the poor kid's head's gone completely. I, 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 hopefully he will recover. But yeah, anyway, sidebar. Um, Cam, your take on the city thing again? Pretty much the same premise put to you. Um, w- would you be a little bit more wary after that defeat, or would it have any impact on how? You, I know you were always saying, "Look, I'm not going to say we're going to win the league. Let's just see how we get on and stuff." I, 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 it has was there anything there that negatively impacted your optimism or comparative realism looking forward to the end of the season? Um, I'm just praying to God Jurgen Klopp doesn't pick those three midfielders in an away game um, in a big away game again because it, it just quite simply does not work when we start with what, those three you, but you can see what he's trying to do there you, but I it, think. it didn't work yeah it, did, it didn't it work just, but I can see what he's trying it didn't to work. do yeah, you could, yeah, but it, it just it it's it just does not work full stop in every away game he's played this season that we've lost three Champions League games and City. He, he started with those three midfielders. Yeah, and the run uh, goes back to doesn't in, into last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, well, and he goes yeah. into last season. Yeah, so it, it, and it's and so for me, Klopp cost us that game. Yeah, it did. It, yeah, it, no it, question. It, it, it Klopp cost us that game. 
you you can shout at scream at Dejan Lovren. You can say to him he should die and he's a, he's the c word or whatever. Yeah, but if Bobby Firmino had scored that goal, we would not be talking. We would not be talking about their defender. We wouldn't even care who their defender was when Bobby Firmino scored the goal for us in that City game. He was completely free. Nobody yeah. near him. Who yeah. was the defender who was meant to be marking him? Where's the Where's the abuse at that their their defender? By the it Man would City have been um, would have been oh God, well, Bobby was playing out on the right, so it would have been Laporta, the left back, who should have been tracking him. Yeah, he should have been Mo tracking him along, along yeah, the company. Yeah, yeah, because Mo had gone into the middle. So yeah. where's the abuse there? Why can't we just accept sometimes? As bad as that Dejan Lovren is as a defender sometimes, I mean, there's many fuck-ups as he keeps make, making. And he was due a fuck-up, yeah? And he was, yeah, you can say he played Sterling onside for the second goal. They were three brilliant goals. Yeah. Absolutely superb goals. The Aguero strike, he will never, ever score a goal like that again, I don't think. You know, I'll be surprised. I've changed my mind about that goal. I've really changed my mind. I, I thought the keeper could do better. Super- but then I watched oh, it again. I don't know how a, man, a man's hand can reach up that quick. It's, it's impossible for him to get. It's just it just went like a rocket. Yeah. Sane Sane shot like you said, Carl, inside of the post. You know he, could, he there was nowhere else he could have hit it to get it past Allison, and he hit that spot. Two goals, and then our goal. Thirteen, fourteen passes. The Trent pass with his left foot. His left foot to Robbo. Yep. First time cross to Bobby, completely free in the six-yard box. Criminal defending. Yeah. Bang, easy goal. Yeah, we were close. We could have, you know, we we you know with a Mane shot and Salah following up, just missing two more cleared off the line as well. But we didn't start imposing ourselves really in that game till Fabinho came on. I thought and, we got. I thought we looked scared to be honest. We we looked really scared. We, we played. We, we were playing not to lose. Yeah, yeah, but in in a game of moments, if you recall, in the last couple of games, we were saying Klopp's got right inside Pep's head there, and it yeah. seems as if the opposite happened this time because our manager kind of uh, went with something that you know most of us would have, would be saying, oh, really don't get that. That's a strange maneuver that. And then even when you know there 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 could have been things done at different times in the match. And again, I'm a fellow who's reading match reports here, but I'm just talking about introduction of substitutions when Jakiri makes his, 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 his appearance and all the rest of it. So there were decisions there, and you guys have both said it, like that kind of come down to the manager. And look, if Pep was responsible for the previous uh, defeats um, at, at our hands, maybe maybe Jurgen has to take a couple of things in the chin this time. Yeah. As you say, Cam, it's so fucking boring to be talking about uh, the, the, you know, um, this guy or that guy. This, it, yeah. I think we're, we're at Carl's as well. It's so tedious chatting about this midfield now. It's so tedious chatting about Dejan Lover not being, we know this. These are just known things. So it's about hopefully getting to a stage where we won't have to rely on them or Klopp will feel that he doesn't have to rely on them. So hopefully that stage is coming soon. I mean, we are entering a period now where we're going to have some guys coming back and that's going to make a massive difference. We'll talk later on in a little short spell about, you know, potential incomings. I know there's a big push on the channel, and especially on AI Pro at the moment, talking about transfer committee stuff and all that. Be interesting to get your thoughts just briefly on that, whether it's pie in the sky, or whether there's any possibilities there at all. But just to touch briefly, Carl, on the cup thing, uh, we were both quite dismissive there in the way we sideways mentioned it. Sorry, Craig. Trent. Yeah, sorry, Cam. Sorry, so um, before you go into the cup, let, let me just say one last thing about sure, Man City sure. defeat. One last thing. 
thinking about it now, we've lost that game. We've lost our unbeaten run. That's actually taken away an added pressure. Yeah. Because the longer we went on undefeated, the bigger that pressure was becoming as well as trying to win the league. It hurts. Yeah. Doing so well hurts sometimes. It does. So to have that pressure now removed, nobody's talking about us now being invincible, undefeated for the rest of the season. That's gone. It's done. That pressure is completely removed. It's out of the players' heads. That is actually massive for me. Yeah. That will actually help us now. We'll, we'll, we'll think about last season. What happens last season? Uh, aside us, who are potentially wonderful, but a bit flaky, we are the ones who go and pull it up to Manchester City and end their run. Um, okay. Now, it's we're the ones sitting perched at the top. It will still take a further two results to go in their favour and against ours before they can overhaul us. Just People need to remember that. And just sorry, we, we don't have to play them anymore. Yeah, so people just need to calm down. We need to match their results between now and the end of the season, and there's a potential to win the league. So that has to leave you optimistic. But again, and a point well made, Cam, at the end. It's a good way to round that out. But just to go sideways to the cup thing, Carl, um, I mean, we, we, we you spoke about how it was a team of individuals. There was no apparent game plan. I would say that that was the main feature of that match for me because I had to do Raw afterwards. And I, You know, normally you can see things that were trying to happen. All we could really talk about was the fact that the kid had done really well. Keanu yeah, Hoover, he came in, he was, he was fantastic. And the other two kids, I really felt sorry for them. They were kind of marooned without the senior guys, nominally senior guys, doing a whole lot to help them. I think I remember two, maybe three runs by Nabi Keita. That's it. I think I remember one contribution by Danny Sturridge. That's it. I think I remember two contributions by um, Divock Origi, the much, much, much sought after Divock Origi, more of which later. Um, he's so on the next week. He's, he's, next week. He's, he's, he's signing for Anfield Index. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but like the, the, those guys, those kids were, were, were let down. But they, that's the point, the point I'm getting to. There was, there was no game plan there. I heard no. someone saying afterwards, uh, BBC didn't, you know, they, they were looking for a narrative, and they were, and it was an atrocious coverage. But they, there was nothing really to point out in terms of good player patterns of play from us at all, because no. it was it was disjointed, right? Yeah, we basically said, but, but the, 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 the start of lineup basically just said, lads, we don't care. That that It just absolutely shouted those words to the Wolves team. Help yourselves, free hit, it's all yours, we don't want it. And... Um, which I'm absolutely, being that, bearing in mind we're top of the league, I'm fine with. If we were 12th in the league, I'd have a problem with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was there was nothing going on at all. I mean, the, the highlight of the game for me was Rafa Camacho running up front and Klopp telling them to get back because he's not playing in the reserves. <laughs> he's played a senior game. I love that. Yeah. Very, very nice, but get back, you know, keep defending. <laughs> um, I thought Rafa Camacho did very well. Obviously, the kids did very well to say, um, you know, he's, he's, he's 16. But no, it, it was just it was just bloody awful. James Milner had the worst ten minutes I've ever seen in my life. Um, Mark, it genuinely game. remarkable, wasn't it? It was yeah. genuinely remarkable. And you can see him just sort of like trying to get back into it again. And the the more he did it, the worse he looked. He's just like one of those nights, really. And he uh, kind of, he kind of reverted to that old James Miller things that he used to do, like falling over and stumble running, and yeah, it, it was remarkable because not I mean, fit, not fit, it, possibly, yeah, but certainly the guy just looked. He looked off the pace all right, but I mean, he's been so poised for us most of this season and he doesn't tend to do that. Yes, he kicks guys up in the air, but he's been very poised in the ball. But wow, he was kind of all over the shop. And 
you know. Um, and I felt sorry for him too because he, he was really taking on a lot of responsibility, pretty much sitting between those two inexperienced centre halves yeah. and tr- trying to take the ball off them and, and 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 guide a bit of play. There wasn't a whole lot from his buddies in midfield. There certainly wasn't much by way of offered runs from the guys up front. So it was it was a tough outing, and I think it was one of those ones you get through and. Uh, there'll be no magic of the cup talk for me. I agree with you completely. Cam, are you making a three, three out of three there for the whole concept of, look, if we were fifth, sixth, seventh in the league, you got to take this shit seriously. But seeing as we're not, seeing as we've got a, a once in a two, three decade opportunity here, it's it's actually better for us to not be in it without wanting to sound too cynical. Uh, Chris Williams did a tweet the other day. Um, and as much as I wanted to disagree with the tweet, because I believe that every football team priority should always to try and be, try to win the competition you're in, regardless of what your standing is as a football club, you've got to be aiming to win trophies. Surely that's one of the reasons you exist as a football team is to win. But the point is we've got this, as Chris said, a big millstone hanging around our neck. And it's the fact that we've not, let alone won the league, we've never won the Premier League because obviously football started in 1992. And um, let's not forget that, people. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, important yeah, fact. It's very, it's very, very important fact there. So because you, we've got this huge millstone around our neck and it's getting heavier and heavier with as every day passes. Let, forget seasons. Every day it gets heavier and heavier. We have to literally put all our eggs in the Premier League basket. We've got to give it our best shot because right now, the position we are in, it is our best opportunity. If you said, come last August, come January the 10th, Liverpool FC will be four points clear with so many games to go. And they played City twice. We've dropped nine in 63. You, We've dropped nine points <laughs> in 63. You wouldn't have believed it, would you? You wouldn't, no. you would, you would never have believed it. So we have to go for it. We have no other choice. I'll because we owe, it, we owe it to everybody. If, if we go out the Champions League, I'm not crying. Not at all. If we get more rest than the other teams, I'm fine with that. I want number 19 over number six. Easy, same. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. This is all. This is a bone of contention between us as a trio because I. Yeah, you're all Champions League, aren't you? You're, you're all Mastercard, aren't you? And I, I'm. I'm. Heineken fu- sponsorship. I'm fully Gazprom, as you know. Yeah. Um, I look. No, it's not that. It's it's the most romantic thing in my footballing uh, life has been the European Cup. I just fucking love it um but of course uh, yeah like, do you know what part of it is i don't want to say it out loud that i'm so obsessed with the league and win the league i guess that's partly what it is as well because these years just keep tacking on to each other as Car- as cam says it's it's getting ludicrous and you know carl what they're going to lean into is that exact fact if we do manage to hang in and around the top uh, for another month or two, we've got a, a list of five fixtures coming up now, which some people will dismissively refer to as very winnable. Uh, whether they are or not, whether we, uh, I, I, it's not something I like saying. As you know, I'm not, I'm not overly bullish in that regard. I just like to say, look, we, we should win them absolutely. 
But if we manage to to hang on in there and before, if we're heading into that Champions League game um, against Bayern Munich uh, in the same position that we're in now, uh, in other words, if we've won everything and we're still four points ahead, it starts to become incredibly, incredibly real. And you know what they're going to lean into. They're starting it already, Carl. I know you've got strong thoughts on this, like myself. But the nonsense from certain corners of the media at the moment and yes, you could say that there are certain parochial corners of the media, but it's not just that. The BBC coverage of Liverpool in the Cup was nonsensical. They yes. need a, they need a cup, they said. Mr. Yeah. Shearer, the, the priggish stuffed shirt that he is, disgusted. By the way, how old looking is Alan Shearer? He's 114. Is he Mr. Magoo now? I, I've no idea, but I did, I know for a fact that I'm older than Alan Shearer and I look like his son. I've no idea what's going on here. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Well, well, hang on, that begs the question. How old are we this week, Chris? <laughs> yeah. you, right. you bring up age, the question has to be asked. Yep. Get I'm the heat the, map out. Here we go. I'm the same age as Adam Lalana. There's two, there's our two shouts for the week. <laughs> I was going to bring it a bit earlier when you said players were coming back. Hey, yeah. no, he's not, is it? But 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 Carl, this this um, it's like so. Like I said, it's not just. The, this per- particular parochial mob you may want to mention in a few minutes. It's everywhere. There's a desperation in the sky punditry as well for, you, oh, you can't trust this Liverpool side. They're flaky. They're flaky. And as you guys have both highlighted with the stats you were throwing about a few minutes ago, no, we are not freaking flaky. So it, it, there is absolutely that thing there and it will start to become an issue. Lately, we've seen it on absolutely uh, on a on a on a on a an, an amp turned up to eleven from uh, the certain corners of Manchester. What's your take? What's your take on this? Well, I'll, I'll get I'll get to, 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 to that tit first, but in a bit. But the, you just reminded me of something. It's one of the greatest senses. I love this, and even though it involves Man United, um, there's you know during the uh, Roy Keane Patrick Vieira wars when they were in the tunnel coming out onto the pitch. And Patrick Vieira is trying to wind up. He's like, why don't you smile, Roy? Roy, Roy, why, Roy, why don't you smile? Roy, smile. And obviously, Roy Keane's not smiling. And he just, he just, he didn't even look at him. He just said, of course I'm smiling. We're six points clear ahead of you in the league. And that's yeah. what I, I think Liverpool should be in at the moment. You talk all you want, lads, we're four points clear in the league. We're, in, we're interested in one thing. And it isn't keeping fucking Jermaine Genus happy. If that's yeah. what they want to do, then that's fine. But I can't believe that commentator on Monday night was basically suggesting that Liverpool was seriously asked about going out to the FA Cup without seeing the fact that we, we had like 15-year-old kids on the pitch. Literally mm. a 16-year-old was on the pitch. That's how seriously we're taking all this. And you can talk about the injury crisis and stuff like that, but he could have, you know, I know he played Fabinho back there and everything. He could have put Wijnaldum back there. We've done that before. You know, it's not as if the injury crisis is that bad. That You know, we could have brought Van Dijk on if we needed to. We didn't mm. care. And it's it's just it's it's the narrative again, isn't it? Because oh yeah, because Liverpool blew it once, and um, and, and these things are going to happen. But what annoys me more than anything else, and here we go. This is where Cam goes to get himself a cup of tea because he knows I'm going to do ten minutes on this. <laughs> it, it's this cricket. It's, yeah, this it's cricket. Limca actually. I've got Limca. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it's it's this cricket and Manchester Evening News. I'm, I'm I'm I don't even want to mention his name because it's it's the sort of thing he loves for. Um, it's a disgrace to journalism more than anything else. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I've done the journalism thing. I worked really hard to do the journalism thing. And I was lucky enough to work for the Times and I got to sit around some really, really good good journalists, you know, Rory Smith, people like that, Gab Marcotti. And I did everything I could to make sure I learned every single thing I could off that 
off uh, off those people. He hasn't had that, but yet he's got through to a job where he's working a patch for a newspaper, a very, very big newspaper in a very, very big city. And he's turned into a banter merchant. And he's just trying to wind up. And obviously he's winded up my mates. And so it's a personal thing, um, you know, Grassgate and all that. Um, but I just keep thinking, imagine having to go through all those years of qualification and that's the best you can do. I'm going to pick a false fucking narrative of a rivalry between two clubs who, strictly speaking, are only temporary rivals because we're both going for the same title. But he's trying to make out that like it's Liverpool, United, Liverpool, Everton. It's not. Manchester City are not our rivals, not our main rivals. They are for this season, but they're not an overall Liverpool um, rival. It just doesn't make sense. And the fact that this man, the new man's Ollie Holt, is just doing all he can. Just you know, he's picking fights with with um, with, you know, with my mates, and uh, he's picking fights with anyone and saying, "Oh yeah, Liverpool are blaming everything." Blah blah blah. And he's got all these City fans who basically, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced, are all 12 years old. Saying, oh, yeah, they're right. They're terrible, aren't they? I know a lot of City fans and they're embarrassed by people like that. Because that's not what Man City are about. He's, he's trying to turn this league into a rivalry, um, an abusive rivalry relationship. And he's trying to turn it into his own fucking banter site. He's not, he, he's not alone, Carl. There are, there are a team of... They're a team of them. And there's one or two fellas. You're a disgrace who... to journalism. It's as simple as that. Because people have worked really hard to get where you are. And you're wasting your job and their <laughs> opportunity by doing that. And there are, there are one or two who I'd have expected much better from. Who are absolutely chomping at the uh, at the clickbait bit. I'm being very surprised by one or two. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Like you, I'm not going to mention names. Because... It's yeah, it's it's taken me. It's ta- I've been taken aback. I, I saw that lad, the lad in question, uh, the first guy you were chatting about, um, when he was being confronted about the big gaps at the Etihad. He said, "Yeah, well, other, other clubs hide their empty seats better than City." <laughs> I mean, this is the level of delusional nonsense that we're talking. Yeah. And as you said, they're being rolled out there uh, as 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 sort of. I, 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 you absolutely get the feeling. Of course, it's it's in the in the uh, particular newspapers' um, interest to stoke all this stuff. But they're like sort of comical alley types, you know. They're like a load of Sean Spicer's getting rolled out talking shit yeah. about Trump. It's it's bananas. It's just bananas stuff, and they look so ridiculous. And it's 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 a very strange thing. I I do wonder. I mean, I don't want to be totally um, parochial about. It. I mean, I. I, I do, <laughs> Do either of you can you, either of you remember? Is there, do we have our equivalents? I mean, is that a thing in in the? Can, can you imagine Mel Reddy doing that? Well, that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I suppose there was a time maybe during uh, Brendan's tenure where there were one or two chaps who sort of seemed a bit favoured and maybe went out in a limb they shouldn't have been on in a few times, which might have made them look a bit ridiculous. But nothing to this extent that I can recall. It's it it, it is it's it's a remarkable thing. As you said, this whole... Uh... But it goes the other way, though, Trevor, as well. And, and, uh, in the interest of balance, I saw people last night saying what, what City did to Burton last night was ab- absolutely classless. Oh, I'm sorry, are you new to the that's fucking ridiculous. game? Are you new to the game? If that's us, I want 10. Yeah. It's, it's just like, you know... I mean, I put, Were I we classless when we put nine past Palace? Well, we put 10 past Fulham. We put eight past Swansea. We put six past Man City in 96, 94, 96, 96, I think. Um, we put 10 past them in a week, beat them 4-0 midweek and then 6-0 at Anfield. And, oh, do, do you know what? If you're going to pick a fight, pick a fight, but don't pick it over fucking grass 
or you know, oh, they scored too many goals, or <laughs> I've never heard anything so ridiculous in my life. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it was windy at Molyneux, you know, as well. Oh, did you hear Claypool talking about the wind? That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but uh, look, I'll be honest with you. Well, that shows what the level of what he felt about the game. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it really did. Although he, he did seem quite angry. I, I want to talk to you about one little thing back to one one little thing related to that match in a second. But Carl, you, yeah, you I need reminded, to say something about the match as well. Sorry, you you reminded me of something there, Carl. That that Fulham game where I think it was back in eighty six or seven where we were. 10 nil up in the first leg it was 85 86 it was yeah it was it was it was it was league cup right it was like yeah. first first or second round of league cup yeah i I'm, i saw a photo of the um yeah and I saw of, this. Of, of the of the program uh the fulham put out for the second leg and it yeah. basically had a picture of maradona looking wary with the number 10 on his shorts and it was just <laughs> i thought you know hats off lads these are yeah. you know that's exactly how that should be treated like the, yeah a very concept, and, that, and oh. they also said uh, in the interest of extra time and penalties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the event yeah. of extra time, absolutely and fair play to them for that. Absolutely, that's that's. And that's also, right. their fanzine at the time. I don't know if it's, I hope it's still going. I'm not sure. Was called One F in Fulham, which I think is a fantastic name for a fanzine. Yeah, it's it, it's. Listen, I'll be honest. It's a ground that I I know at least three or four people are particularly fond of going to as well. But look, oh, lovely ground, lovely ground. The, the 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 thing that I wanted to bring up, Cam, before before we give you last word on this on this section is um the the interaction between the manager and and uh, and our number six as he went off. I, I was saying to people, I had my I had my elbow banging on the window. He was distracting me, so I didn't get to quite to see it, and I haven't seen it since. Obviously, who's going to look at that again? Um, but it did seem as if Klopp was rightly bent out of shape. I put it to Jan last night, who was in the ground, and he was saying, yeah, it did seem that, but he didn't see it really too clearly. But he said, they definitely seem as if he was bent out of shape. And I was looking at the quotes from Klopp in the immediate aftermath, about the uh, in the press conference immediately afterwards. He said about Lovren's injury, yeah, it's a hamstring, it's what I heard. Uh, without any signs before, I asked everybody, no signs, nothing, just out of the blue. So that's the decision you have to make, referring to putting in a kid. Uh, I'm not sure what you all would have said immediately from the beginning if our centre-half situation was Fabinho and Kiana, and then probably a few very smart people would tell me that I don't respect the competition or whatever. Now, he was pretty, he had an arc on. He still had an arc on in the post-match presser. And he seemed to be particularly bent out of shape with, with Deggs. And he has a bad track record in this, doesn't he, Deggs? He was not, not fully informing the manager of his situation. All right. I, I was not aware of this at all. Um, I didn't have a clue. Um, I didn't notice it as he went off. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I was too busy uh, in the Discord group at the time. Um Plus, it was silly o'clock here, and I was probably half asleep at the same time. So, I, I, I'll be honest, I, 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 I didn't notice it. Um, but yeah, it's another thing to beat Degsy with, I suppose, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just I think uh, there were an awful lot of things that were just unfortunate, you know, that happened in that game. Uh, but anyway, look, it's, it's it's just a sideline. If you didn't see it, I'll leave you. I'll leave you to yeah. go make your point, and we'll uh, we'll we'll start to segue out of the footy. Yeah, I mean, going back onto the cup and um, how we've obviously disrespected it and how apparently it's really important that you win the League Cup because then that leads on to bigger and better things. Uh, or the FA Cup, sorry, uh, my bad. Um, Alan Shearer, when you won the league with Blackburn, what round of the FA Cup did you get knocked out of? Okay. 
Nice one, Alan. You got knocked out in the first in the third round. Well done. Um, how did that work out for you that season? Oh, you won the league. Hmm. What would on you the, rather on, have? On the last day of the last minute. Yeah, and what would you have rather had, Alan? The league or the FA Cup? Be honest, Alan. Come on, be honest. So, um, you know, if you really want to see, really want to get some facts about it, and uh, Paul Tompkins did a, a brilliant piece. I don't know if you guys have read it. Um, it was put up in the Discord chat groups. So I, I, I did click on it and I had a read of it. And he's, he's gone back over quite a few years. And because Mourinho beat us in 2005 or whatever it was and went on to win the league um, in his first season because of winning the League Cup. And because of that one one instance, that is now the norm. You have he to did, win he, a he trophy. Did it, he, he did do it with United as well, though. And Yeah, and he won the Europa League. But then how did it work yeah. out from... Uh, which? Uh, how did it work out winning the league? But, but I, I, agree, I do agree with, with, with what he's doing there. I, I, I'd love Liverpool to have... We've always said that. We've all said that. But we've never been four post clear at the top of the league. No. With with half the squad. And that's the difference for me. It's a different, it's a completely different, because of that, goes back to what we said earlier, because of that millstone hanging around our neck, we don't need the distraction. As as much as I want us to win trophies, my priority as as a fan will always be that I want my team, want my club to win trophies. It's the most important thing. Yeah, but Cam, Arsenal have won about 79 FA Cups in the last four years. Nobody exactly. gives a shit. Nobody then, gives a where, shit. Where's Wenger now? Yeah, but and, and, and the other thing is, the other people, if it's not Arsenal, when, okay, there's been one or two one-offs, but if it's not Arsenal when, um, who, and they're taking it immensely seriously, it's one of the big bloated super squads. And we don't have a big yeah. bloated super squad just yet. We're getting how there. Many, how many doubles have been done in the last 10 years? Well, exactly. It. And, 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 and at some stage, we have to hope maybe next year, maybe the year after, maybe the year after that, our squad will be that big bloated super squad. They yeah. can go and win two or three domestic trophies. And that would be fantastic. Yeah. But for now, who cares? Honestly, no. who cares? Liverpool fans don't care. Liverpool fans don't care. And, and to me, they're the ones that count. They're the ones that matter. Mm. I don't give a toss what these so-called pundits say. What These pundits, they're... they're they are so poor and they're actually, I think, they're threatened by high quality podcasters. I'm not, not I'm, 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 I'm no way saying I am one of those people. Cheers, Cap. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I include you two in that, honestly. High quality podcasters. And they're, they're almost threatened. <laughs> they are almost threatened by them because we, we actually. We're not biased, I don't think. Well, yeah, we, 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 we do lean towards our club, we, you know, because we love our club. But I like to think we're, we're objective. Well, it's the, we, it's the standard of analysis, Cam, by fan yeah. media. It, it's the standard of knowledge. And it, it scares them. Yeah, well, whether they're even aware of it or not, I, I wouldn't even go that far. I, I oh, don't well, think, they're I, aware I, of it. They're I aware don't, of it. I don't How think, else do they know the grass is too long? I don't think I don't think Jermaine Genius has a fucking clue what a podcast is. I don't think Alan Shearer would be able to operate his iPhone. Well, yeah, 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 sure. But I, I get. I guess what I'm saying is whether they are aware of it or not, whether they feel anything about it or not, the the, the comparative standards. They're not. There is no comparison. The best. Of, the best of fan media blows that shit away. And I'm talking about across several clubs. I've heard different podcasts. I've heard. So. I've heard the. Says, they've all heard of Arsenal TV, haven't they? 
Can I say, do you know who he reminds me of Jermaine Genus? I, I, I only saw the episode of Christmas and I can't remember his name. The episode in Father Ted where basically the bloke who, uh, the granny's one, the bloke who's on telly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Owen McLove. Yeah, that's Jermaine yeah. Genus. He's got that same sort of um, formaldehyde facial expression. Little housewife's choice head on him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's Jermaine Genus. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's got a jumper built into a cake. Oh, I'm, I, as for poor Paul Ince, everything he said, he looked as if he just wanted to run up, run and get out of the room. Maybe <laughs> yeah, exactly. Breaking down into please, false please slaps. Please was, let me out. It was a horrific, horrific display. Yeah. Um, but anyway, look, we'll, we'll we'll let them off the hook. There are a couple of Liverpool-related things just before we get into the kind of outro section of the of the show, which I believe features some quality Tony Blackburn. Um, we I just oh wanted to talk. God, a, yes. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, like as I said earlier on, I know the channel's leaning into this whole concept of look as is media in general, as are most fans. Uh, the windows open. I'm thinking it's decidedly unlikely there's anybody coming in through that window towards Anfield, but we can tell for sure that there's a lot of interest. Uh, two stories breaking today from various sources. Wolves apparently now interested in Divock Origi. West Ham apparently interested in the same man. The nominal price in around twenty something million mark. Um, we heard, uh, uh, we know already that a couple of guys have already gotten on their bikes and left. You know, even because of it, one bad performance, Danny Sturridge is being talked about. I'd be surprised if there's any any more outgoings. The Origi one is fascinating though, Cam, because uh, you know he's just sort of raised his profile a little bit. It might be absolutely the best time for uh, the club to, to 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 take advantage of that. And yet at the same time, we have gone into January before with threadbare squads under Klopp and it's not a nice feeling. How do you, how would you feel about um, Divock heading off if he was to? What's his value? Realistically, what's his value? To the squad, you mean, in terms of... Well, terms of well transfer value, 20 million? 16 to 20. Does the money matter? I'm talking about. The, I'm talking about and the, the and that, that's the point. That's the only reason you'd sell him, right? Because you need the money. Mm. It's you know you want to free free up some wages. Well, six months isn't going to make a shitload of difference in that respect for me. And but what about the point? Something. What about the point that he's comparatively hot now in terms of he's got that high profile winner. He belted one in god bless him against uh against the uh wolves in the fa cup lovely goal uh, that, yeah that was, it, there's transfer value then is 20 million that vital to liverpool left team no. right now well it's no, not and it's, the point um, it's, what's more more important is we've got a good quality body in the squad that can come in in certain situations to help out when needed to give players the rest that they need up top when they yeah. need that rest and that and it and it goes back to we need to keep the strength in numbers for our title challenge. And he's an he's important part of that. They've got us a, a valuable three points that really kicks us on through December. Let's not well, forget that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you and then go across to Carl on one other related thing because we also heard in terms of incomings, uh, 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 Aaron Ramsey's agent putting it about that if if this Juve move breaks down, he would preferably go to Liverpool in the Premier League. It was nice nice of uh, Ramsey's agent to put it out there. Um, we also had Sean Dyche talking about. 
um, whether or not the rumours about um, Tarkovsky being available and maybe heading Anfield way uh, were true. He said, uh, oh, there's Good a plan. lot of rumours out there, not much fact. He told the news conference in between Chew and Worms, he said, uh, this is just bizarre. It's that time of the season. Everyone's looking for a snippet, but there's a lot of phantom stuff out there. There's a lot of phantom stuff out there," said uh, poor El Gaishi. And you know he's he's a he's a he's a he's an odd character, but I I tend to believe him there. I I we saw what what Cam what um what Jurgen said when he was he was almost he was he was irritated. He was like, "This is what you people in England just want to buy players. What what, do I, what am I supposed to do? Buy them for two weeks, then I'll get all my players back and tell them, well, thanks for the thanks for the efforts.' Exactly. But. Is there an argument, Cam, for the fact that that's an area that needs strengthening anyway? So if there was someone available, it might be nice to get them and might make all the difference in the title charge. What do you think about that? So we've gone from looking at Kubali of Napoli to Tarkovsky, how how do you pronounce his surname? Tarkovsky, yeah. Tarkovsky of Burnley. Tark of the author. (laughs) There's one for the teenagers. (laughs) You're full of those, aren't you? Christ oh, alive. <laughs> we'll, we'll be chatting about Silent Deer at Hollywood next. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, sorry, you, 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 Cam, you were saying yeah, about yeah, so, what was I saying? Um, I mean, Kula, from Kula Bali to Tarkowski, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so what are we aiming at here? We're we aiming at just uh, a good Premier League defender, or or do we want to get somebody? Superb in alongside Virgil van Dijk, but then push the, the development of Joe Gomez back. But we need, we do need a centre back because we've got a centre back who doesn't tell the manager when he's he's not quite right and carries on playing and gets himself injured. Now we've got a centre back uh, in Matip who has a tendency to break down every so often, more often than not. Um, Joe, we you know he's still learning the game, despite how well he started at the beginning of the season and how well how how good a partnership he developed with um, with Big Virgil. Something happens to Big Virgil, and he and that's why he didn't travel towards because he had a little issue. He's, he's played every single Premier League game. He's played every single Champions League game, I believe. I think the only other rest he's had was the uh, the game against. Um, Chelsea in the Carabao yeah, Cup. Yeah, he's played everything. So, you know, he's, he's, he's been overplaying this season. We, we do, I think we should be looking at getting a top-class centre-back in rather yeah. than just a good, uh, and then hope Joe develops into, because I do believe that Joe is the real deal. I mean, I've said it before, and I think they're a fantastic partnership. I think they work really well together. But I would like to see if, if, if we want to become that big super squad and challenge on all fronts and challenge for all the trophies, we need to be getting in the best possible players we can. Um, there, there are rumours about We've tried game. that, uh, you know, pr- proven Premier League. How's that worked out for us? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think everybody at this point is 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 would, would think we've we're we've moved on from that particular status yeah. to this to the kind of stage now where. The, there's a kid who's been linked with Manchester United all the way back to when um, Mourinho was there. Um, a Edar Militao, he's a 20 year old um, playing for Porto. Um, very, very highly rated kid. 
uh, United are very interested in him and had been um, maybe not so much anymore now that the manager's changed um, he would be expensive um, but he is highly rated and he's kind of first team ready. So someone like that, that's the kind of target you'd like to see us going for, isn't it? I mean, someone who is first team ready, uh, if it, if it's going to have an impact on a title thing. I can see, Carl, where that actually makes a lot of sense. And it's not a comment on 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 Lovren or or Matip or the the the, the fragility of their of their comparative bodies and, and and it was really interesting to hear that Dejan had only played seven games in a row for the first time uh, against against Wolves and actually had to hobble off after four minutes. That was the longest run he'd ever had, seven games in a row, and uh, it didn't last very long. So there is an issue there um, around uh, around the, the the robustness of the centre halves that we have, regardless of what you think about their comparative talent I, well, mean, I, th- I think also you've got to say that we were those seven games to, we're in like two in a bit weeks so you know I think I think you've got to uh, otherwise it sounds like seven weeks seven games and seven weeks doesn't sound a great deal for the run but we, we were playing every three days yeah but, but this, this is this is over the course of his career no more never more than seven games yeah, no, yeah, but I know, that, yeah that was quite that was quite a shock to me I didn't yeah. I, did, I, I, I was aware he's always picking up niggles but I didn't I didn't know that I thought Matt was far more fragile and he's done much longer runs so what what about that concept of getting someone in now like absolutely now to, to make a difference if it wins us the league I'm up for it yeah that's yeah. as simple yeah. as that yeah I mean I don't really care about people's egos or anything like that I just want to win the league and um uh, I I I I don't get that the whole lover and hate thing at all. I think he's all right, um, and I think he's had one bad game this season, and it just happened to be the worst game, and he wasn't alone in that. Genie Wijnaldum, but um, uh, yeah, get them in. That's fine. That laugh Napoli, I'll take him all day. I'll I'll go over and drive him myself if he wants to be. Um, Tarka the Otter's not a bad player. Been watching him for a while since he was at Brentford. Um, so that just makes me worry a bit when I don't hear of rumours at all until the actual manager says, oh, yeah, he's been linked with Liverpool. Has he? Oh, you want him then, yeah? Um, that always makes me think that. So, um, yeah, just if, 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 if we need it, we need it. Bring him in. Fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, look. And, I, and also, it, it does things to the squad as well. Because when, when Chamberlain came in, that really did something to the squad when he came in. Absolutely. Sort of went, went, yeah, you know, he's, he's proper. He's a proper player. We brought him in. That's good. It means we can give someone a little bit of rest in midfield. That's fine. There, there is a transfer room you haven't mentioned, actually, Trev. What's that? The lad from Nike. Oh, yes. Yes, the lad from Nike. Uh, I've he's heard going people... United. He's going United. He's not going United. He will be... I'd best not say it in case fucking <laughs> Stu Brennan's listening in. All right, Stu. Fucking meth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's your title right there. Yeah, I should love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't think he'll go there. I mean, unless he's really looking to make his life miserable, I don't. Why would you do that? It's, it's ridiculous. Exactly, yeah. You know, I made one calamitous decision. Yeah, here comes yeah. the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> About that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's marvelous. I mean, he would lit. He would literally be rivaled only by by Mickey Owen for making disastrous decisions if he did that. By yeah. the way. By the way, did we see the soccer sixes where Jason McIlroy kicked Mike Owen up the arse? Loved it. See, I he came on enough, did he? Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was great. And he was so wound up, Jay McAteer. Yeah. He was so yeah. wound I'm not, up. I'm not his biggest fan, Jason McAteer, but I have nothing but sympathy for him for that. He he was still... The way he kept saying, he's English. It's because he's English. Yeah. And he was and still, he, he was still, right. mo- he was moaning at the media an hour later as if it had just happened. He, he was went on absolutely... Twitter the next day. <laughs> 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 
I love just, that. I'm all for just that. Just tell McAteer you want some red sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the effect of Michael Owen, fellas. That is the effect of Michael Owen and some yeah. people. Uh, it's an interesting thing. Look, let's uh, let's get out of here. We have a guy in the background tell, knocking on the windows and telling us our time in the studio is almost up. So before we go, let's finish with our with our weekly Tony Blackburn quote, Carl. Okay, this is about the time he worked as a breakfast show DJ at Radio 1. I'll say again, if, uh, if you haven't heard the show for a while, um, Tony Blackburn won the king of this jungle in Celebrity, what's it called, uh, in 2011. And he's a Radio 1 DJ for years, and his book's fantastic. It's called Poptastic. And it's this paragraph. The breakfast show has all the right ingredients. I get a particular kick out of all the time checks and travel news. And no, it might sound ridiculous, but I'm actually very proud of inventing the persistent time check. Don't laugh. I was the first person in this country to give out time checks after every record, and it's something I still enjoy doing. The BBC only used to give out one every 10 minutes or so, and I just didn't think that was good enough. When I was doing breakfast at Radio Caroline, I thought, people are getting out of bed and rushing round. They need to know exactly what the time is. <laughs> one day, the programme controller at Radio Caroline put me aside. <laughs> Do you know you're giving a time check the whole time? Yes, of course, I replied. On a breakfast show, it's exactly what people need. When the time comes, and I'm not expecting it just yet, all I want engraved on my tombstone are just five words. I gave you time checks. <laughs> it's not quite you made the people happy, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Those of you who seek a monument, look around you. It's not quite the same thing, is it? Jesus, that's incredible. He, he, he is just he is just uh, unendingly entertaining. I yeah. love how much he obsesses about the nerdy DJ stuff. Um, really, really worrying about his duty of delivering time checks and then effortlessly segueing into talks about rope and hanging the wrong people. To <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a character. Don't bother with that. Just give them rope. It's still the favorite, my favorite line ever. <laughs> So what about what about if things are wrong? You know, maybe it's, it's a false conviction. Don't worry about that. Just give them rope. Just give them rope. <laughs> it's eight thirty-three here on the National. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, well. Like I said, we have kind of run. We have kind of run long chatting about football, but I think we did it in a way that was sufficiently uh, uh, digression-filled and uh, humorous that we. Uh, Put in our usual amount of guff, so we should start wrapping it up. Cam, um, before we go, uh, any last ideas from yourself? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a nice little quote here. So here we go. We should, play some about... music. we should play some music over <laughs> Cam's last quote. You know, you really should. I, we really should have a jingle for your last quote because <laughs> yeah. they are. You should, you should just start. You should just hit the button, do the jingle, and then when the jingle finishes, I should just start the quote. Shouldn't I? It's, it's, like, it's like the last section of the Jerry Springer show. Right. I am... Cam's last words when he just sits at a desk on his own yeah. with, a, with, a, with a book on his lap. I'm writing this in now. This is getting written. <laughs> this is going in the show next week. I'm going to find the cheesiest jingle possible. Oh, yeah. thanks. Simon Cam's Bates' art you. Look for that one, Trev. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, yeah. Of oh, current, currently, was... currently, I'm thinking green sleeves or some oh, sort yeah, of. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe, maybe the girl from Ipanema. Maybe that might be good. Nice. And if you if you if you if the lifter can uh, imagine a bluebird just descending onto Mr. Branch's shoulder, yes, as, as, as he gives this quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 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 lieu in lieu of that, just for now. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cambridge. <laughs> Off you go, kid.
it's not about winning or losing. It's about not giving up. Sometimes we put so much stress on winning or losing that we fail to recognize the lesson in everything. And the lesson is what matters. It's how you will win after a loss. It's how you will keep winning after you've won before. We must fail in order to succeed. Is that anonymous? It says Egypt, the good vibe company. What's it say? What? Egypt, the good vibe company. Are you advertising now? <laughs> no, I'm not even sure. That's what it says. Are they what it says? Okay. <laughs> Egypt, the good vibe company. Well, there you have it. And I feel now as if you probably have given a plug to some organization now three <laughs> times in a row, and I keep asking you to repeat it. Which... <laughs> I'm only doing this told. <laughs> I can't wait to have a jingle next week. It's going to be great. Uh, Carl, did you have an extra thing on top of Tony to finish us out with? Well, I've got one quote and two plugs, if that's okay. Yes. <laughs> I've literally just thought of this because what Cameron just said. Um, everything is just darkness lit up. Oh, what's that? That's nice. That's nice. That's uh, Falling Without Landing by Carl Kopak, which is available uh-huh. on Amazon. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, That's the best one yet, pal. That's yeah. the best one yet. Yeah. No, the way, so a, fr- a friend of mine does like a book quote thing on Instagram, and she said, she asked me if she, she really likes that line, so she asked me if you can uh, put it up with an image behind it. So I'm quite proud of that. So I've actually made a, I made a book quote um, thing. Lovely. Because of that. Alex says it in my book. Uh, and my plugs are, Some Green Grass is back. Some Green Grass and a Bull. We've had, well, hey. uh, we're back for the new year. We've had two, I've done something on, um, and people are going to think, oh, why would I read that? About Barbados against Grenada in 1994. Why wouldn't you read that? But it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's going to, to grab your attention, but if I tell you that in the last seven minutes, both teams tried to score an own goal to go through, yeah. it's worth a read just for that. <laughs> Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's a mad situation, it really is. Uh, yeah, they both tried to score on goals. And then, of course, they had to stop each other from scoring on goals. Tremendous. <laughs> just the best. Which, which is just brilliant. And this week, Stephen, we're doing an FA Cup series this year with um, with one story per round. So Stephen Scraggs taken after, uh, after the um, uh, the third round where he's talking about Burnley nil, Wimbledon won, and Wimbledon were non-league in 1975. And I, I think Scraggy's a brilliant writer, so I'd recommend that. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you manage to uh, put any video links to that to that piece of yours? Because that sounds like something people would love to see. It's not very well. good, you know. Just, it just shows the goal that made it two one. Right. Just to tell you what it was, and I'm running out a bit short of time. But I'll do it very quickly. So basically, Barbados had to win two 0 to go through to the finals, um, and for some reason, the authorities decided that there was to be no draws, so everything had to be settled with extra time, and it's like a golden goal situation. But golden goals were now double. So basically, when it went to 2-1, um, and they were going to lose, they were like three minutes to go, and Barbados were going to go out because they had to go through by two goals. So they're only 2-1, they only got 2-1. So they scored an own goal to make it 2-2, which forced extra time because you can't have draws in 90 minutes. And then they scored one goal, which of course became two goals because um, goal and goal counts double, and they went through. Absolutely mad. I love that. People are going to have to play that. that again just to think, well, what, what has he just said? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely mad. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. You have to really concentrate on that sentence. There's a lot but, going but, on. But there. at the same time, yeah. when, it, when it was two-one and Barbados were trying to score, to, to score an own goal, if Grenada had scored an own goal, they would have lost three-two and gone through. So they were trying to score <laughs> an own goal as well. 
tremendous amount to unpack here this is going to be good yeah. uh, I, I recommend both pieces as i would recommend everything on the blog uh it's 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 a quality piece a quality collection of bits and bobs uh brought down only by my contributions i would absolutely recommend some green grass and a ball if you haven't uh, have have a look at that um you will enjoy it uh, very much indeed and pass several pleasant moments by reading the various bits on there in, in in keeping what Carl did last week, uh, mentioning a Liverpool charity, I just wanted to mention something good that I saw that the club was doing because we're always quick to harp on the bad stuff and why they're not good enough. And it was nice to see on the official site that the uh, match-worn uh, signed Liverpool shirts, which were au- auctioned off by the Disasters Emergency Committee, had raised a total of £13,186 for the Indonesia Tsunami Appeal. Uh, oh, the jerseys, nice. the jerseys had been worn by the team during the Champions League tie at Napoli, and they were donated to that to the DEC in October, uh, when they launched their tsunami appeal following that tsunami on the 28th of September that absolutely destroyed the island of Sulawesi. So, look, um, it's nice to see uh, something positive um, and a positive contribution. I just thought I'd finish with that, and I'm assuming then, lads, that there is nothing else that I've left. Uh, a while. I think I've gotten quotes and plugs from both of you. We should finish up with Guy kind of tapping his fingers on the on the studio glass there in the background. So we will wrap up this particular episode of the Anfield Index podcast. And we will say that we thank you very much for your support all the way through 2018. We're into 2019. This is the first one of it. We hope that this year we'll see more of you joining us. And the only way that's going to happen, folks, realistically speaking, is if you tell somebody about our particular brand of nonsense here and how they should really be listening to it you know we'd appreciate it it's pretty much all we ever ask of you for this free show we enjoy doing it so maybe share that with somebody else even if you're not that gone yourself they might be so uh on that note of uh asking you for your support a little bit in that way let's finish up i've been trev downing until we speak to you again be kind to your fellow reds and stay safe out there Podcast Network.